Welcome to the Rider Ninja Podcast with your host, Joe Scott Coe. This podcast is where we talk about arts, language, culture, education, and the writing life. Join as we separate the crazy from your life and sort out what's encouraging from what's discouraging, what's safe from what's unsafe, what feeds you from what drains you. Remember, the goal is not just to get through, but to get forward. And now, your host, Joe Scott Coe. Forward thinking. Today on Forward Thinking, I want to talk about starting from scratch. We live in a time where pretty much everything in our reality is pre-processed and pre-fabbed for our use. Everything from foods that we eat, clothing that we wear, the information that we gather is often pre-sorted for us in ways that we don't understand fully or don't necessarily research to um, see how it's been silted and sorted into shape. Uh, digital photography enables us to take a lot more photographs, but often then they get buried, uh, and we can make uh, automated scrapbooks if we do have the time, but those are often, unless you have a lot of time you want to invest into it, can just be prefabbed for you. So, of course, the advantages of this are the time involved is much less, the ease with which things can be purchased reduces the labor involved to make them, and sometimes it ends up overall being a less expensive venture, but that's sometimes not always. Of course, the disadvantages of any kind of processed or prefabbed um, existence is that uh, signatures or, or um, elements of personalization tend to decrease. Um, certain kind of abilities to innovate on, on a certain level in the material world can kind of atrophy because you just don't practice them. It kind of emphasizes our need to consume something already made rather than create something uh, for use or for, for someone else. And it's also not really that sustainable. Um, it creates lots of packaging we don't think about, although we're much more mindful about that now than, say, 10 years ago. And there, as I said before, are many filters in place for our, our uh, product consumption to direct our attention, um, to, to direct us towards certain kinds of information if we're looking for that. Um, and so even to be a, a wise consumer becomes a complicated endeavor. So there are definite disadvantages. Of course, people modify this all the time. Um, there's a famous you know, little cookbook called you know, 250 Things to Do with the Cake Mix, for example. Um, and some, sometimes uh, people will take technologies and then manipulate or play with them and add those signature elements all the time. So, of course, it's not gloom and doom, but it's just worth thinking about. One of the things that fascinates me is that there really has been, in the last four to five years, kind of a press back, a reaction against this over-processing. Um, and one of the ways that we see it is in the slow food movement, where we have people who are trying to spend more time thinking about how the food comes to the table, whether it's growing the food or hunting the food or raising the food or game themselves and preparing the food from scratch. Uh, Michael Pollan, of course, The Omnivore's Dilemma is a famous case of describing that, um, and it's incredibly entailed. It's difficult when most of society doesn't live that way to do that yourself because you're kind of on your own. 
Um, but in other ways, things like time banks are rising up. Riverside, California has one, but they're, they're um, all over the country. And it's a small effort to basically get people to trade their services or trade their labor and skills. Uh, and so it values the labor as a process that goes into making something happen, say tutoring or lawyering advice, rather than merely as something that you plunk down money for and then you don't care what happens. So it accounts for things like time and expertise and really values those and thinks about what they mean. The other place, and as a writer, this touches my heart because it goes back to the original kind of uh, grassroots idea of publishing, is that we've seen a revival in bookmaking. Even with all of the major presses and publishers and the conglomerates that exist, and with all of the things that can be done online now to automate editorial processes and, and to streamline, um, streamline self-publishing and so on, there are people who are really interested in hand-making books. There is an interest in doing that because everything is so automated and starts to look so similar that the idea of hand-making hand -making something to read, to hold in your, in your uh, hand or to put on a table um, has a kind of, it's not quaint, but it has a sense of authenticity. And, um, and the effort actually m matters in it. So we have people who are using recycled materials. I just saw this amazing um, small chapbook made, uh, small, small, probably uh, looked like a matchbook, maybe slightly larger, made from stationery that had just been around. It was a very nice kind of vellum paper, and it was uh, hand-folded and hand-cut and then printed out. Uh, I think there was die cutting involved. It was just beautifully, beautifully done. Very simple, very small quantity, but then given out, and it's just this beautiful, you know, hors d'oeuvre of text and art. Um, so, so there is a kind of reaction against that, the whole idea of push cart, making it yourself. I think this is fascinating to think about because really it isn't just that we have to throw up our hands and say that everything is processed and prefab and so we can't do it, do these things anymore. So I guess my question for you is what have you made from scratch lately? Or what have you modified that was a mass-produced item in order to make it your own, to put your own signature on it, to make it more useful to you, to um, give it to someone else? And I think this is really important to just remember that we can do this. I think that's profoundly powerful because ultimately in any kind of a social structure you do have to organize and plan and create spaces and create relationships and that always is an innovation that's going on but sometimes we have the illusion that it's happening because it appears on a screen and we click the like button that's not necessarily the same thing as making something from scratch so what have you made from scratch lately, whether it's something to eat, something to wear, a gift for someone? Um, you know, we just had the holidays, so perhaps there's something there. Um, or what did you modify yourself that you just, you, you cut an extra pocket into a pair of pants and finished it off? I don't know. But what else have you modified that was a mass-produced item? Maybe it's something technical that would be really cool. Please come to my website, joscottco.com. That's J-O-S-C-O-T-T-C-O-E.com. And put a little comment on the website and tell us what you've made from scratch, what you've modified, how you've put your signature into the things that you use.
just had the pleasure of visiting with the curators of the new San Gabriel Valley Literary Festival. It's a festival that's going to have its inaugural weekend, the weekend of February 15th, 16th, and 17th this year. It's really exciting. There are four curators, John Brantingham, Anne Brantingham, Scott Creeley, and Elder Zamora, and they represent a cross-section of editors, professors, visual artists, and writers, writers across the genres. And um, so they, they shared some insights with me about the origins of the festival, what it's taken to plan this in the past two years, slightly under two years, actually, which is remarkable, and their vision for what, it's, what this weekend is going to be like now and then in the future. Anne Brantingham was not able to join us, but the three other curators were, and I think you'll find their insights about building this festival uh, very interesting. So give a listen. Okay, so we're here at San Gabriel Valley Lit Fest headquarters with uh, the fabulous four. And if we can go around and everybody can just say who they are and what they've been in charge of, that would be great. We may have a fabulous three plus one. So, so uh, yeah, so just start here. And... Uh, I'm John Branningham. I'm one of the directors of uh, the San Gabriel Valley Lit Fest, and I work at Mount Sac as a professor. I'm Scott Creeley. I'm a professor at Whittier College, and uh, it's hard to say what we do individually for the Lit Fest because uh, we all just shoulder uh, so much of that. But I, mostly I do advertising and, and uh, kind of structure and organization. So. Uh, my name is Elder Zamora. I've been mostly uh, trying to find transportation for some of our um, uh, writers that are coming in, and I, did, I uh, handle a lot, of, a lot of our legal uh, documents that we wrote up. He's the chairman, but he just made himself sound like a cab driver. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so explain to people um, what the San Gabriel uh, Valley Lit Fest is. So uh, maybe kind of how the idea originated and, uh, and um, what your vision is for this, for this year, for this first inaugural festival. Uh, the, 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 how it, the vision originated, I, I can't even fully remember except uh, that I've been, I've been running, this is John, I've been running uh, a literary sort of workshop uh, out of Mount Sac, a three-day uh, workshop uh, for years, and we wanted something that was a little bit more um, accessible for the public, a little bit more just uh, showing off work and, and just having fun like a UCLA uh, Festival of Books as opposed to uh, people coming and doing a lot of work. And so um, I, I looked around for... for uh, to, to try to bounce ideas, and Scott and Elder, um, uh, I think, uh, really said, "Why don't we do it in West Covina? Why don't we do it outside of the, the outside of the school? Mm -hmm. um, why don't we make a, a, a festival?" And they kind of come up, came up with the, the vision of what this is, as opposed to, to what I was doing over at Mount Sac. Right. So the community element is huge. Yeah, uh, John. John uh, approached me about originally just doing the the internet side of it and doing internet advertising. So I uh, ran my own production company with some of my college roommates when and work, we worked for like Cadbury Schweppes and other candy companies doing the Great, stuff. Yeah. But we gradually all ended up kind of just doing all sorts of things. And, and and John is always doing community activities, like he says. He uh, runs Writers Week at the Mount San Antonio College, and then he also uh, runs a monthly reading every month called right. the Valley Poets Presents. And how long have you been doing that? Uh, well, that, that, that's hard to say. I've been doing it on and off since 1997. Yeah, so for years and years, and bringing in all our stable authors from around the area, and so it's just kind of a natural progression for him to do a festival now. Right. Yeah. Anything else to add? 
Next, it's really important to our festival uh, is the community involvement. Um, the I almost want to call it a grassroots uh, festival in that sense. Yeah, uh, and you guys have some some really um, important partners because you've got is it City Hall that's going to kind of allow you guys to. Yeah, absolutely. West Covina City Hall has partnered with us, and uh, the library has as well. Um, yeah, the LA County Library System, the okay. West Covina Library specifically. Yeah, they they're both coming in and giving us use of their structure and their their park complex and their civic center, and uh, um, and we've also had a, a um, actually uh, we uh, had some insurance uh, vet insurance that got paid by the the oh, West wow. Covina's Rose Parade Float Group. Yeah. Oh, that's so, great. So I mean, they're they're not even a permanent entity, at least not year round, and, and they did that for us. And then um, Gatsby the Books, uh, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. down in Los Angeles, is uh, acting as is our main vendor in helping us organize uh -huh. all our booths. One of the things we're doing, we'll, we'll, we can get to that later, but uh, we're going to have a lot of booths there as well as writers and artists. So Got we it. have a lot of people helping us. So. Yeah, and, and a ton of volunteers. I mean, yeah. just uh, an, a, a ton of really The volunteers are really shouldering a lot of the work, so yeah. we're really thankful for that. So that would be volunteers getting vendors, helping you get secure venues, planning things, cleaning up, marketing, yeah, things you wouldn't expect uh, volunteers to be doing. They're, they're really taking responsibility and doing. Uh, it's just yeah. extraordinary, and uh, uh, maybe we should mention some of them. Uh, uh, well, uh, no, we're going to leave somebody out. We try to go. Uh, oh, yes. <laughs> yes. In general, they're all been, they've all been really good. They'll be on our, they're all on our website, actually. Okay. If you want to check out some of yeah. our main volunteers there on okay. the website. So we'll get to the website in a, in a little bit. Um, can you guys talk a little bit about the plan for the, for the day? Because it's three days, which is, I think, um, really ambitious for a first-time festival especially. And you guys are going to go nine hours a day, right? It's going to yeah. be from 12 to 9 right. on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So talk a little bit about how you picture that going and the, how the booths figure in. Are, you know, are they mainly refreshments? Are they going to be booksellers? And, you know, yeah, it's on, it's on February 15th uh, uh, this year and hopefully every year. And, and uh, every night has a different kind of theme loosely we're, we're having we're having well we'll have poetry fiction and uh creative nonfiction and a uh, little bit of just straight nonfiction and and a few people uh, graphic novelists they're they're Got harder it. to find to some extent yeah. it's a little more problematic to have them give public readings right. all these people are going to be doing panels and doing public readings yeah and then as you said on top of that we're gonna have booth space from specifically artists some local vendors uh, um there's individual artists and writers that are getting booth space to to uh, share their books and share their uh -huh. artwork, and so uh, that's across three days, like you said, 15th, 16th, 17th. Yeah. Yeah, and m mostly the, the booth space is, are going to be vendors selling books, selling their artwork, that that kind of thing. We're trying to keep it as much um, sort of artistic, local, small businesses as, as we can. Right. Uh, there, there'll be some food things as well. Um, uh -huh. I think mostly food trucks at this yeah, point. Uh -huh. Yeah, so far as we have. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it's all free to the public, right? You oh, can just come oh, and yeah, walk yeah. in, walk completely out, free. you know? Yeah, yeah. completely. Yeah. Uh, although, if uh, um, um, if you visit our Indiegogo and you uh, donate to the festival, you can get VIP seating uh, oh, towards the front of the events and a chance to meet terrific. a lot of the authors we brought in. Okay. Yeah. That's really great. Um, Elder, can you talk? We won't have to go into too much complexity, but I know you were really a leader on getting the non helping get the nonprofit status established so people can donate and get a tax deduction. And that was a really big deal for us. Um, as far as funding, we were for the first couple of weeks, uh, months, even we were uh, just kind of. Uh, pay for a lot of things ourselves or just getting some soft money donations. Yeah. Um, we did apply and finally got um, a nonprofit status. So, yeah, uh, we really wanted to get um, community funding for, for right. our, 
uh, festival and get some maybe corporate sponsors if possible. So that makes it a lot um, a lot easier. Unfortunately, uh, we got it a little bit late uh, in the game for this festival. Right. But for uh, next year's, hopefully, we'll get a lot more uh, support from that. Yeah. We're hoping we can almost use this first year as a business card and get more. Exactly. Yeah, like a year. pilot. Yeah. 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 We're really running around trying to get a, a just enough funding to pay our artists and writers this year. We're, we're obviously we're not making any money off of it. Uh, sure. Um, sure. So it's uh, been a scramble, but. Uh, now that we have that status. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, that's, yeah that, huge. that's tremendous. That's been just absolutely wonderful. Uh, you guys want to talk a little bit about who's going to be there? Some some highlights of um, people who are reading? and. Yeah, absolutely. We, we've got uh, all sorts of poets. and uh, I've, I've been working with a lot of the mystery writers, so we're going to have uh, writers like Jerry Westerson. Are they on the mostly Sunday, the, the uh, yeah, that's 17th? Absolutely. Yeah, that's We're kind of making Sunday our, um, our mystery writers day. There'll oh, other, that's great. Yeah, yeah. There'll be other things going on that day as well, but Sunday is very much a Mystery Writer's Day. We'll have a full panel. And so we have Jerry Westerson, who does these great medieval noir uh, <laughs> books, and uh, Sonny Frazier, and uh, wow. somebody who's, who's really uh, kind of exploded uh, in the last few years is Tyler Diltz. Um, his, his, he's a, uh, he does these sort of noir um, Postmodern novels, and they're just absolutely fascinating and fantastic. And Jerry Westerson does the medieval weapon demonstration. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Swings As part of around. his reading? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, part of her reading. It's, oh, sorry, it's, sorry, it's sorry, a deceptive. Jerry. It's Jerry okay. with an eye. Okay. No, but. Got it, got and it. there's a weapon, so yeah, I would go got it. A mace? But yeah, yeah. <laughs> she, she, she has maces, swords. Oh, it's pretty that's wild. Cool. Yeah. 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 I think right. I think the general plot, without getting too much in detail on her novels, is that it's like a disgraced knight, and he goes around and solves medieval mysteries. It's quirky. It's cool. Great. It's, it's fantastic series. So um, that's Sunday. That's Sunday. Okay. Yeah. Sa- Saturday is our poetry day. Um, uh, we uh, have a great lineup of poets because uh, John's been doing the readings that are primarily oh, poetry sure. readings for so many years, sure. and, yeah. and we all, to some degree, went to school uh, for poetry. So, yeah. right. <laughs> so right. we know a lot of people. We have uh, Chris Buckley, who was longtime faculty over at Riverside with you for a while. Yeah. Right. Um, we have uh, we have the poet laureate of Los Angeles uh, now, uh, Louise Klein Healy. Um, we have Laurel Ann Bogan oh. uh, with oh, us. Oh, that's great! Jeez, um, who else do we have? Uh, Charles Webb and Bill Moore. And, Donnie Hilbert. Uh, Cliff Snyder. Yeah, and yeah, Clifton Snyder, yeah. and uh, myself, Scott Creeley. <laughs> 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 we, we have a lot of great people. Jeez. Uh, they, 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 I think that that's uh, uh, accepting myself. I think that's most of the keynote people that are on that night. That's great. There's a there's a whole schedule available on our website. I mean, it's nine hours as you said every day, yeah, yeah. and everybody's reading around a half hour, forty minutes. So we have uh, about eighteen readers a day per stage. Got and, it. and one thing we maybe didn't uh, get to spell out is that we have multiple stages. Okay. So we have an outdoor stage, an indoor stage. We have Got a children's it. stage for two of the days where, where we have children's authors and, and like it. children's concerts. So we have a lot of readers. I guess that. That works out to us having about uh, 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 you know forty or fifty readers wow. a day spread around the festival. Right, so, right. Uh, so is, yeah. is the format that people are reading and then it's time for Q and A and signing after? So it's like an hour yeah. kind of. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's it's a half hour on stage and there's kind of a separate outside staging area. If people Got want to it. meet the author okay. or get books signed by the books. They can go out and into the kind of foyer right. or main area. Um, our main stage is actually the uh, city council chambers for West Covina because oh, they're letting us use the building. So uh-huh. it's got a lot of seating. It's uh-huh. got this cool panel and built-in nice. sound system. And then right out there, we can use that as a stage. Anyway. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, and, and one thing we're, we're not talking about is, is it's open for the community as well. So there's going to be readings where uh, there'll be open mics and that sort of thing. Oh, great. And we really encourage the, the yeah, community to come Yeah, that's a big thing. We really want to get people to participate in the festival. Will that be every day? There'll be a, there'll be a yeah. space for a community reading? No, actually Sunday only, right? Well, okay. so, well yeah, well, I think there'll be smaller. Uh, yeah, but our main open mic is on Sunday. Yeah, And, uh, and uh, we're anticipating a lot of sign-ups. So um, people that are signing up early for them will get a, a preferential placement sure. on the list. And, sure. uh, and a portion of it is also just going to have to be by lottery. Uh, but, and yeah, so the more but, readings, the more days that you show up, the better chance you have of reading. Oh, that's uh, you cool. You can enter once a day. And, that's uh, cool, yeah. Uh, and uh, if you show up early also, you have a better chance of reading. Right. So, uh, so it encourages yeah. the, being an audience member as well as a reader. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's great. Yeah. That's really great. So, um, so any 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 last things that people need to know about it? I mean, um, why they definitely should miss it? Uh, well, it's it's going to be uh, kind of the most exciting uh, couple of days. Uh, more exciting, I think, than some places like UCLA Book Festival, which is a great thing. Uh, but we want it to be much more accessible than that. I don't think there's yeah. any division between authors and. and, and Participants, uh, mm -hmm. so they'll be much more sort of hands-on and friendly in that way. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the lineup we've got uh, would cost at normal uh, normal lit fest, uh, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. And a lot of these people like the project, like how accessible it is, yeah. and they they like that uh, we've already started building a literary community in this area, and just want to contribute their time. And so we have a lineup that other people just can't match, right? And, yeah. and, right. and because uh, these authors really want to be in this area and read to this area. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Any other? Uh, just echoing what Scott said, that a lot of these um, authors really want to be a part of this festival because of that, because it's a community-based thing, and we have authors coming in as far as Canada and New York and Denmark. Denmark, really. Um, That's from, amazing. You know, so it's gonna be a really great chance for people in the community to experience these, you know, really great um, authors and their readings. Yeah. yeah, and it's really a testament to the kind of the attraction of what you guys are doing. Clearly, because people want to come, they want to participate. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So, so are, are we about to close out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was okay. Say so. The the one uh, main important thing that I would really like people to know is first off, visit our website, which is sgvlitfest.com. Um, Today, the day that we're recording, which is not the day that you'll hear this, but uh, we when you uh, hear this, uh, our Indiegogo will be online. And what the Indiegogo is is it's a uh, crowdfunding uh, resource for Great. nonprofits, Great. and um, it's basically a website where anybody can go there and donate any amount of money that they want. But it's unique because uh, uh, it enables us uh, to not have to be funded by any big institution or, or uh, have, be under anybody's thumb with who we bring to the right. festival. Um, and uh, if people check out this website, there there are these uh, and decide to donate. There are these things called perks that uh, they can get for donating. And uh, uh, what they can get are like unique pins that we've made uh, that they'll that they'll get at the festival. Um, as as you donate more, the the perks go up. You get signed books from the authors. You get uh, your name on a a banner that we'll have at the festival, um, crediting you or your organization for your donation. Oh, so that's I really true. encourage people to have a look at this thing. If nothing else, there's a lot of video of poetry uh, and a lot of unique art from people that are involved in our council, and it's that's really terrific. worth looking at. So check that out. It's indiegogocom litfest. Okay. Slash litfest. Well, there'll be a link yeah. to that on. And the, yeah, definitely. Okay, they, got it. Okay. We also have a Facebook okay. and a YouTube. And our YouTube has over 100 videos of poetry and fiction readings. And okay. it's really worth checking out. So Terrific. head to our website. Give that thing a look. You'll, Definitely. It'll be worth your time if you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thanks Thank for having you. us, guys. Inspirations, tricks, and methods of escape. 
before I go today, I just want to emphasize how invigorating it is to be in the company of people who are making things, whether they're painting, they're drawing, they're creating web presence, websites, they're taking photographs, they're creating digital images, they're writing poems or short stories or flash fiction or working on novels or running workshops or teaching classes. Just being around people who are creating things rather than going through the motions of anything um, is incredibly invigorating. And I really encourage all of you to check out the San Gabriel Valley Literary Festival, which is an opportunity to go and not only to listen to writers. I'm honored to be among the guest list, but the guests, as you have heard from the curators of the festival, are impressive and represent all genres but also to go and read your own work, to go and meet other people after a reading where you might have a mutual interest, uh, to see vendors, what, what bookmakers are doing, um, and, and to, to browse not only books that are published through traditional means, but books that might have been um, made more close to, to, to home. So go to my website, joscottco.com. That's J-O-S-C-O-T-T-C-O-E.com. And uh, check out the links. I'll put links up there for the San Gabriel Valley Lit Fest, uh, including little dates, you know, date reminders and so on. Um, please sign up for the Writer Ninja podcast and uh, hope to see you out there at the San Gabriel Valley Lit Festival, the, the mid-weekend, Valentine's weekend in February. And um, meanwhile, we will catch you on the Writer Ninja podcast next time. <laughs>